We are straight-talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. We're your hosts, Joe Jamie Tyler and Lana Helda. Come along for the ride and join us as we travel to bring you thought-provoking subjects and women who inspire and strive to make a difference in the world. We have a special guest today. We have producer, writer, Janine Damien, and she's also my sister. Whee! I'm very <laughs> proud of her, and I'm very happy to hear, have her here today. Janine started dancing at the age of two. Our mom was a ballet teacher, and um, she was incredibly talented. And by the time she was 16, she was offered a full scholarship at the School of American Ballet, where she left home, which was Jackson, Mississippi, and moved all by herself to the big city. And then after that, she actually ended up moving to L.A. and started dancing professionally. And there she became a solid gold dancer. She danced in many films and television shows. She danced with Prince, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie. Who else, Janine? Um, oh, um, Elton John. Share. Oh, you, George you, Michael. You tu- you toured. Uh, you went on tour with Ingelberg Humperdinck. I remember that. I got to see you perform with him in Vegas. Yes, I was his dance partner, and that was really fun. I got to wear Bob Mackie costumes, so that was amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's- and Ingelberg is he's has such a wonderful voice, and he's um, still performing today. He's he's phenomenal performer and a wonderful man. I remember one time you performed with the Pointer Sisters. Oh, I did. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that was. I was um, on a USO tour with Suzanne Summers, and we were in Germany, and we all took an one of those giant air, aircraft. I don't know those kind of planes that have no. They have no insulation. And uh, the Pointer Sisters were on there. Dudley Moore was on the on the plane, and they gave us all earplugs. And we're like, "What are the earplugs for?" And when they fired up the engines, we figured out really quickly that there was no insulation. <laughs> so it's like, "Wah!" So we nobody could talk to anybody for you know the twenty hour flight. That's hilarious. Janine's had a lot of adventures. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question because you know dan- the dance life and a dance career you always hear can be very difficult and. Typically, when a child says they want to be an actor or a dancer, the parents just cringe because they're worried about you making a living. When you were a dancer, did you ever actually think about the fact that a dancer or that you had a shelf life? That's a really good question. I actually didn't think about it, and I think it's because um, I was raised by you know, two parents that were artists. And so as far, and when you're an artist, you don't think about that. You just think about going for it and going for your dream and making it happen. Um, my mother was an amazing choreographer and teacher and the director of a ballet company. And interesting enough, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't interested in moving on into choreography and teaching, which would have been, you know, normally the, the natural progression from when you start getting older and you can't dance anymore. Um, so, the fact that I didn't want to do that when I got into my late 30s, I kind of found myself, oh my gosh, what's you know, what do I want to be with now that I'm grown up? And um, it was a really tough transition for me. And I think that the dancers nowadays are are much more aware of that. I think they're also starting to um, choreograph and teach at a much younger age. You know, back when in our day, we pe- people didn't do that until they were done with their career as a dancer. 
And so then you went from being a dancer. Did you go directly from being a dancer to getting involved in the movie business or how did that happen? Um, I didn't. I actually didn't really know what to do. And uh, when I was young and living in Mississippi, I had a, a huge love for horses. And um, I used to um, I used to um, ride hunter jumpers. And so I actually started working as a professional horseback rider because that was all I kind of knew. I was just kind of went back to my roots. And from there, they came to the to the barn because it was in Los Angeles looking for to cast a um, what was it a guest commercial or I can't remember what it was anyway it was it was um um they were casting commercial for real people and the casting director asked me to come and start working for them at the casting office because I helped them looking looking for writers and we got along great so that was sort of my step into behind the camera was working for a commercial casting company which was a huge uh learning curve for me and a phenomenal experience in all that Somehow you managed to find Michael Damien, who's from The Young and the Restless and also starred on Broadway as Joseph, and you cat him as a, he's a hot catch, and you married him. He's amazing, the love of my life. Uh, We met very young, and uh, we were both having these amazing careers at the same time. So I was traveling as a dancer. He was traveling um, with his uh, music, and he was also doing Young and the Restless and also being on on Broadway at the same time. So we were really super busy. Um, But after I stopped dancing, I was kind of, you know, floating around, like I had said about, you know, looking for what's going to be the next step in my life. And I knew that it wanted to be, I wanted to be in the entertainment business. Uh, Michael was looking for the next step in his career as well. And um, so he was looking for other vehicles for himself as an actor. And he wasn't really happy with the stuff that was being submitted to him. And, and being the the proactive person that he is, he was like, well, let's just write something for me. And I thought, oh, well, we're not writers. And he's like, what do you mean we're not writers? We can be anything we want. You know, we have great ideas. We have great experience. So let's try. What you just said is really an amazing, I think that's not something that everybody usually reacts to. I I love the idea that Michael and you both decided this is something that you're interested in and you were just going to become a writer. Did that take going to school? What? What happened? I mean, I know Michael had been doing soap, and I think I remember this, that you guys said he used to rewrite his script all the time. Well, he did. Well, we used to kind of get in in bed, and we would uh, work together on his dialogue, and sometimes they would have new writers that would come in that didn't know his character as well, and so um, we would kind of jot down notes, and he would take it to the producer in the morning the next day and say, hey, do you mind if I say this? Do you mind if I say that? So we actually started writing together um, for his character, Danny Romilotti. But um, he, I just want to let you know, if you're going to rewrite, you have to go to the producers and ask, and ask if you can do it because you don't want to just, you know, start throwing out your own dialogue. You want to be professional about it. So he was very respectful about that, and he would always go and ask first. And what was your first writing project? Our first writing project was um, we decided that we wanted to do a television show um, because that's where Michael was coming from, maybe that Michael could star in. So we wrote a pilot, 
And we went to, um, weirdly, um, we, <laughs> we got married in France and decided that we loved it so much that we'd like to create a job for ourselves there. So we wrote a pilot and we pitched it to TF1, which is the biggest uh, network in France, the biggest television network in France, and they bought the pilot. So we moved to France and then we worked on this pilot for two years, going back and forth, just getting the script ready. to, And then we shot the pilot with Michael starring in it. And he also directed the pilot. And he loved it so much that he decided that he wanted to direct more than he wanted to be in front of the camera. Um, so we ended up moving back to America where we could actually work in English. Well, Janine, since I've known you, you and Michael have been attached at the hip and you've lived all over the world making movies. And I have a question for you that people might want to know about. You know, when you work with the with your husband like you do, and you all are together 24-7 all the time, traveling, you really never get a break. How how do you how are you, I guess I should say, how are you so successful at that? Because you two never tire of one another. You're always laughing and you seem to really, really always enjoy your time together. We do. You know, it's a really unusual situation and we have people ask us this all the time and they'd say, I'd kill my husband if I worked with him like that. And I think there's there's different types of relationships. There's relationships where you need space from each other. And when you come together, you love each other. Like, you know, Jamie is completely opposite of me. I think her relationship with her husband and we all get together and we have the best time and we're so compatible, even though we're so different. Um, Michael and I happen just to have the exact same passion and the same vision and the same goals. Um, we're very similar that way, even though I think we have very different personalities. So, we complement each other, and I, I feel so incredibly fortunate that I, I get a chance to work with him because he's, he is so brilliant, and he also, he's, um, he's a man that was raised by women. He has six sisters and is an amazing relationship with his mother, and I think that he, he really loves women, and he really empowers me as a woman in sort of a man's world, you know, um, as a filmmaker. Um, he never looks at me or thinks anything strange about the fact that I'm a woman and I'm, you know, jumping in in the middle of this of of this industry, you know, without a formal education as a writer. I'm, you know, I'm a dancer, and um, he's given me so much confidence um, in in this big career transition that I made. How is it for you? I mean, everybody's, it's, this is all coming to a head now, and I'm just curious of how has it been for you to be in this um, man manly world of film? Well, it's interesting. I've had a wonderful career. I've had a, a great experience in the entertainment industry. Um, my father, our father is, um, you know, an actor, and he, from a very young age, was constantly giving us words of wisdom of how to handle ourselves as women. You know what? That's a really true thing, Janine. Yeah, as as women, um, in a, you know, we, we he ta taught us about the casting couch, taught us about that, you know, there's going to be unwanted advances and things like that. And so I think that we were really prepared for that. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. And so I had great experiences. I, you know, I think I made smart choices when, uh, um, you know, not to, you know, when 
unwanted advances or, or whatever, you know, things, things came up where I didn't put myself in a situation. I'd always hear my father's voice in the back of my head. Don't put yourself in a situation. You know where it's going to go or, where it, or if you don't know where it's going to go, just don't even allow the, the, that situation to even come up. You know, you just, you say, no, thank you. And, um, so I think as a, as a, female writer and producer um there's been times where i think that there'll be men that would be more interested in directing all their questions to michael because we always take meetings together and it's interesting you'll see how there's a little bit of a different mindset in different countries you know where uh, and in just i don't know you know men are different in 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 our own country as well did michael have your back he did have my back. I knew he had my back. So therefore I was able to handle myself. I mean, I think I was being raised by, again, by daddy who um, was constantly telling us he, we didn't even know that women couldn't do anything. We thought that we could do anything we wanted. He always encouraged us in the entertainment business, go for whatever you think that you want to do. And Michael has the same mindset. So I feel like I'm, I'm strong in representing myself just as a, you know, just in my position. And I think that as you learn more and you become more confident in what you're doing, that that doesn't really come up anymore. It hasn't come up. I've had full respect from everybody that I've been working with. So I'd like to talk about your latest project because I was fortunate enough to get to go to one of your screenings and love the movie, love both the movies, High Strung and High Strung Free Dance. Tell us about those movies. And, and I want you to tell everyone how... You all made these movies in mostly in Romania and why you did that and, and about being living in Romania. I mean, you've been there for how, how many months were you there? Well, we've made five films in Romania, our last five films. And we're usually there for about three months at a time. This time we were there a little bit longer um, we, because we did our post-production between Romania and London. So we were kind of bouncing back and forth. Um, Romania is, is an amazing country. Um, and they have such a love of film and they have such pride in the work that they do that we, we choose to shoot there. Um, we've kind of created a family uh, um, there and they're just so, they're so knowledgeable. They train, they, they know their job. They don't, um, they're, they care about the art of what we're doing. They don't watch the clock uh, and they give their heart and soul. So it's been an, an incredible experience working there. Um, they also have amazing dancers, especially classical dancers. And the further east you go in, you know, Europe, the better the ballet dancers get, you know, because Russia is the Mecca. <laughs> well, I just wanted to, to preface that High Strong is a dance movie. Yes. And, and the music in High Strong is so amazing. Well, that's what was so fun about doing this is that Michael, being that he's, um, you know, he starred on Broadway and, 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 and given my dance career, that people would ask us all the time, why aren't you guys doing a musical? And we kept saying, we want to, we want to. And we kind of got waylaid into doing, you know, we were doing animal we did a, a puppy movie and then another horse movie and another horse movie. We kind of became these animal people and we're like, but we're not, we really want to do a music and dance film. So we basically had to take a break and just decide we're going to write this. This is our passion project. And it, it was called high strung and, um, and it's about dance and music. Michael's passion um, and his, the beginning of his career is music 
and for me is dance. So um, we made High Strung. It was such a joy to make. It's so phenomenal. Um, we were fortunate that it was really well received and that we were able to make the sequel because our initial thought in making this film was to make it a franchise. So we are on the second one now. We just uh, we were just selling at the Berlin Film Market um, last week. So waiting to hear how that's going. So it's exciting. I can't even imagine all the moving parts in making a film. And we always like to talk about, you know, it's fun to talk about all the good times and all the fun times. But can you tell us about a time when you were incredibly overwhelmed and how you overcame it? High Strong has been, we've been making it independent without the studio. So when you are independent, that means that you don't have enough money or enough time for anything. And that's the big challenge. Time is sort of the enemy. Um, and sometimes you feel like you're just not gonna, you're, you're just not gonna make it through. And I think that the big blessing that I have is that I have Michael and that we're, we're a team. And it just seems like when one of us, you know, when, when the wheel falls off of one of us, that the other one is there to pick it up and just to keep us rolling because we, we push each other and there, you really can't, stop and say we're it's not we're not going to make it it's not going to happen i mean you just have to have the mindset that we're we're going to get through it this is meant to be it's a it's a it's a we have a brilliant team we have a beautiful story that we like to try to tell positive messages this needs to get out in the world and you just have to just keep going i i actually don't allow that thought to come in my head <laughs> that you can't you know that you're not going to make it that's the only way you can do it. Yeah, and then somehow it just all happens. It all you just have to you have to make it happen. That's the thing. You have to make it happen. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way it happens. That's the only way it happens. One another question we always like to ask our guest is, do you have a daily ritual that sort of keeps you focused and on track? I'm a big breakfast person. Michael and I, actually, the whole day starts with the breakfast. And and um, I guess it is kind of a ritual because we do it really fast when we have to shoot. Like when we were in London for post-production, we were renting a flat. Um, we're so crazy. Even, even if we're in a rented flat, we still have to have our linens. And even if we order takeout, we have to put it on our plates. And ha the last plate flat that we rented had this beautiful china and crystal. And we're like eating our burgers and our, you know, our kebabs. And that's, you know, if we're going to sit down and have a meal, we want to just make sure that we sit down and have a nice one. I love that about you guys. It's great. I mean, you have to, it sort of brings you back when you actually sit down and you have your your meal and everything's nice. It sort of slows you down. I'm with you, Lana. I think that, you know, a lot of times we don't have time to eat slowly, even though we do take the, the effort to put it, you know, on a nice plate and linens and things like that. I think what it is, is that it's just grounding and it gives us a sense of home because we're not home a lot like this. We just got home now and we've been gone for eight months. And when you're not home, you have to create your home wherever you are. And I think that little rituals, that's a really good question. I think that little rituals can help bring that sense of peace and home, even if it's just for that brief you know, moment. What kind of hobbies do you have? I know, you know, you're so busy. What, what, can, what kind of hobbies can you put into your busy schedule? That's a tough question because we've been so crazy busy that there's really not a lot of time time for hobbies. But I will say this, that I try to dance wherever I am. 
Um, if, if there's a class somewhere or if there's even a, a Zumba or a, you know, a salsa club or if I can ever find an occasion where I can dance for my exercise or for my soul, I will find it anywhere in any country. That's great. Well, also, I was just curious, you know, when you're writing and making these movies, and it's such a creative outlet, I know when I'm super busy, it's hard for me to turn my brain off. How do you turn your brain off at night, and how do you wind down and relax? It's really hard to turn our brain off because we're both working together, so we get all these amazing ideas. Like, when we get home and everything gets quiet is when all the ideas start flying, so <laughs> we have a really hard time turning turning it off. Um, I think that we like to it's – kind of, it's a little bit work-related, but we like to try to watch a film or at least a portion of a film at night when and it, and it's also just to kind of reset our brain on what's out there we'd like to try to keep really current on what like what are the best-selling films what's what's happening what what are the box what's the box office doing um and it also helps just to to listen to a story somebody else's story for a second um if i can i i try to read um a little bit um but that's really, you know, all we have. That's really the only way that Michael and I can s- turn off our brains because at dinner we like we go to dinner and say, okay, we're not going to talk about work, and we last about three seconds. I want to share a fun thing about her hobby of reading. Uh, when Janine knew you, when you knew you were getting ready to go off to Romania and London, I went with you to the bookstore, and it, you were so cute. You had this goal, and you told the lady at the bookstore, "I want to find a book about England. I'm going to be in England." Or London. What did you tell? What did you ask about? What kind of you got the you got the shell seekers? Oh yeah. Well, I kind of like to read about the country that I'm in. I think it's fun to hear that voice of you know. And yeah. Oh, I loved that book too. That turned out great. I was. I always also try to find something that has a little bit of a positive, uplifting subject matter. I, I don't really like to read anything that's too dark. Um, or I, I like murder mysteries and things like that, which I, I, I know they're so popular, but um, for me, I tend to dream what I'm reading about, especially if I read right before I go to bed. So I like to find things that are sort that sort of relate to where I'm at. I, I think that's just a great idea. Uh, we're, I know we're, we, we don't want to take up all your time. So we have one last question for you. And that is, you've always pursued your artistic dreams, Janine. If there was one piece of advice that you could give another creative woman who sometimes feels conflicted about following their dreams, what would that be? Oh, I say you have to go for your dream. I, I am so fortunate. I have a dream job, and um, I always have, and this is kind of my third my third career. Um, the challenge to following your dream is, is that a lot of times it, it takes a while to get it going, uh, and you have to figure out how you're going to put food on the table and pay your rent and keep a roof over your head. So... I would say find a way of supporting yourself that allows you to pursue your dream schedule-wise. So, you know, if it means taking something at night at night or even getting yourself close to the situation, um, I don't know. I, I, I would say that that's the big challenge. The big, big challenge is financially covering yourself while you pursue your dream. But I say no matter what, you have to, you have to go for your dream if you have one. Oh, you'll be so much happier. What if you never do it? And then you'll be looking back with regret. Yeah, you have to love what you do. Then it's not work, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to go live somewhere else, really do that too, because it's so fun to go and branch out and reach out and go to another country. You can always come home, you know, but I think that people don't think about moving out and, you know, into other, I guess when you have children, I don't have kids. So for me, if you don't have kids out there and you're thinking, and you say, oh, I've always dreamt of moving to France, you know, do it. It's awesome. And then you can always come back and try something else. Awesome advice. Ladies, if you want to get the show notes, you can find them at our website at ladiesroadmap.com. And we want to invite you all to come and chat with us and give us your comments over at our Instagram and our Facebook page at Ladies Roadmap. And if you want to submit a question for us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. Thanks so much, Janine. Oh, this has been so great. I mean, what an honor. You guys, I think this is so fun what you're doing. And 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 ladies out there, these girls are having a lot of fun out on their road. So um, I know I'm going to be following. So <laughs> one more thing before we go. Ladies, do you have friends or family that have never listened to a podcast, don't know what one is, and certainly need help downloading? Joe Jamie's put together a fabulous quick tutorial on our website explaining what a podcast is and how to download. Just go to our website, ladiesroadmap.com, and go to the podcast page, and it's right at the top. Thank you for spreading the word about Ladies Roadmap. Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler at litloops.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to www.ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else we would love to hear from you? Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. Mm-hmm.